jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! You know, I would like to give a shout out, if I may, <gasps> to start off the week. Shout out to... The Potato... Because the, just it, the, this is like the, the cosmic potato. The potato. Well, like the, all potatoes. Yeah, the, I just the, the potato proper. The potatoes, uh, mm, desire, need <laughs> for uh, survival. Oh. Is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell potato, me more. The potato is a very forward-thinking species. Because, well, the point is, I bought a couple of potatoes. And, like, two days later, they started sprouting. And I was like... I just... Potatoes, like, replicate so quickly. Like, they really have a big reproductive drive. That's true. You set one in a corner, and the next thing you know, there's all the little green bits popping out. Exactly. Like, I bought some potatoes and put them in a bowl, and before I could eat them, like, two days later, they were sprouting. And I was like, can we relax? Yeah. Please, potatoes? So I just, I don't know. It's uh, kind of remarkable, you know? That's all. That's that's my upfront business this week. (laughs) It's been a great week. It's a shout out to the reproductive cycle of a vegetable. Yeah. Honestly, green onions are the same way, so I suppose I should give a shout out to the green onion as well. You can't erase the green onion's contributions. I'm so sorry. It's sorry. green onion erasure, Stacy. <laughs> a shout out to the potato. Look. That's where you're at. That's where I'm at. <laughs> That's where I'm at in the pandemic. So, just a reminder, (laughs) this is a horror film podcast. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are probably talking about Candyman this week. (laughs) On our show. (laughs) Fuck off, man. (laughs) We're giving credit to the potato. I'm fragile. Nature. (laughs) It's nature. It's the circle of life. Listen. it moves us all. I am just Hakuna Patata. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I quit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, what else is there, Anthony? What? I mean, I mean, I don't feel like either of us are going to the movie theater to see Candyman. No, certainly not uh, right away. No, it just feels it just feels different than. I just, I don't think I want to gather with that many people to see the movie that I've wanted to see for a year and a half or two years or however long it's been. I definitely don't want to gather. Mm -mm. And then, but I feel like that's the kind of movie that you should gather for. 
Yeah, that's the thing is I don't want to watch it on the streamy stream. Right. If that was an option, which it maybe I don't know. No, it says only theaters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess me and the potatoes will find something else to watch. <laughs> Just <laughs> I come into your room and it's 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 full <laughs> Stephen King creep show and you just just vines and proboscises roots a plenty. Oh God! I'm gonna edit all this out. Welcome everybody. It's Wednesday. <laughs> Bonjour! <laughs> Bonjour! C'est mercredi! <laughs> As I await Hurricane Henri! <laughs> the French hurricane. The French hurricane! Do I have anything? You know, the potato is an incredible vegetable, <laughs> Stacy. It's either that or like. I got really sad earlier today because I was like, there's so much stuff that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who's gay? Well, that's the number one. Don't you want to just flip a switch and you just know who's gay? Like, Cerebro? Yeah, I just want to put on some kind of glasses that will tell me, like, x-ray specs. Yeah. But no, I was thinking specifically of history. Mm, mm -hmm. And just, like, what what a cruddy education we get or at least i got in the public school system no offense to fuck off like fine i don't care it was shit like (laughs) history classes it's like maybe you get some like prehistory right and then it just becomes american history and maybe every other country is this way i don't know but it's just like american history if i have to hear about the fucking revolutionary war one more time that's all we get taught and i just feel like as an adult you say or I say this morning to myself, there's just so much history I haven't been taught. And so I just, you know, take, take it upon myself to try to learn. But yeah, there's just so much information out there. And there's so much history we'll never know because it's been lost to time by the victors. Um, suppressing it. Yeah. So that's ex- exhilarating. Yeah. I thought about, you know, watching the movie that we're watching today. I started thinking back to, uh, you know, how they would teach about the conquistadors <laughs> in mm-hmm. school and how, like, it was presented as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, look at the glorious achievements of these conquistadors and look at the achievement. Look at what Christopher Columbus did and how he sailed the ocean blue and all that whatever rhyme, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Wow. How exciting. The things that we were taught. Johnny Appleseed. Learned about Johnny Appleseed. Learned about stuff that either just wasn't true blatantly or just also wasn't true. (laughs) You know, but there's just so much. And so I just, I don't know. Just earlier today, I was like thinking about some specific things that I don't know anything about. And then I was like, well, you can learn. And so I'm just, I don't know, trying to learn some shit. What What are some blank spots that you're trying to fill in? Oh, so much world history for, I mean, definitely. But even, like, stuff that you have maybe a passing sort of kind of knowledge about. Like, given everything that's that's happening in Afghanistan as a Oh, point, my God, yeah. Uh, people are referencing the Vietnam War an awful lot. And then you think about it, and it's like, even though that is a big part of American history also, like our american history lessons certainly like once it once world war Two ended we kind of really skimmed the rest of modern history it was like yeah. Yeah, korean korean war vietnam war cold war and now we're here <laughs> yeah you know 
And so I was just like, I don't super know as much as I should know. So I don't know. I ordered a book. <laughs> we'll see. What oh, happens. really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think I would be a very good uh, professional student. I like learning a lot. I love to learn new things. I don't, and then I get to tell people about it. You know, you're good at that. You're good at, <laughs> at facts and learning. <laughs> Guess what I learned? Yeah. <laughs> what book? Are, is it a book on Vietnam or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh wow! Vietnam War. Yeah. Wow. So, but that's even just one part, <laughs> one small part of like the history of Vietnam. I don't know shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's it. Vietnam War and potatoes, you know? <laughs> exactly what you're looking for in a queer feminist horror podcast. <laughs> we'll see. See, we go there. We go places the people don't expect. Yeah. And I ordered a book about Patty Hearst. Oh. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know kind of like Patty Hearst, but I want like a more in-depth about everything that went down. And then I saw the author's name and I was like, is this the guy who was jerking off on the loom? And I think it is Jeffrey Tubin, wasn't that him? <gasps> that was him. Yeah, I was like, oh man. Real? That he got fired from like New York Times or something after that. Yeah, he's written a lot of books that look really good. Wow. But I mean, then I was like, oh dang. Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, just the way the pandemic has shifted so many people's lives, but especially his. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, didn't you? Jeffrey, how have you been? I haven't seen you. Are you still at CNN? Oh, God. Like, no. I was on a work Zoom, and I could not refrain from jerking the gherkin. Oh, my God. I could not refrain. Oh, my God. Unbelievable, so. You know, I'm sure he'll his crew will be fine. Louis C.K. is touring again, so. Oh, yeah. In the sure. middle of pandemic, so I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. Patty Hearst, man, is, like, lit and legit. Isn't it wild that, like, that all happened with her, and then she just, like, went and hung out with John Waters? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah, it's, of, course, John, of course John Waters. I love it so much. I don't know. There's just, uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff I don't know. Yeah. I, like to, I like to know everything. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what? It's a pandemic, man. <laughs> I guess I could just be like, hi, it's Wednesday. So today we're going to talk about a zombie. Uh, that's true. But we need the, the people have the expectation that there's going to be cutting edge content before the main course. Yeah. Well, no, at least is... they don't expect that it's going to be good. It's the, this is the appetizers, and they understand that this isn't even a Sherry's. This isn't even a TG. These are these mozzarella sticks came out freezer burned. <laughs> Absolutely. And they come back for more and more every week because maybe it's the the sauce, the dipping sauce is is, is acceptable. Mmm. You know. I see. Maybe it's the crazy crap we have hanging on the walls. It could be. Yeah, we got license plates on the walls. Isn't that wacky? License plates in a... Oh, is that a butter churn? Uh-huh. I love... We're in Applebee's now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should franchise out. I think Gaylord's Applebee's would be stellar. Be so good. Potatoes, eggs. <laughs> it's all we serve. All we serve. Listen, it just turned into a faulty month, okay? It did. It just did. It just did. It Full- could turn into another month as far as I'm concerned, but... Man, it could, couldn't it? It really could. Fulci <laughs> feelings grow and grow and grow. 
I love some Lucio Fulci. I love this movie so much. I really do. It it is it my favorite zombie movie? I'm not sure. It might be. I sure love it. I mean, I guess this goes without saying. But I just love that it's like like the Italian take on zombies. I guess we get so used to the sort of Romero paradigm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And which is wonderful and perfect in its own way. But this is just like my personal zombie nightmare mm-hmm. on screen. And I'm super into it. It's it it rem- I kept thinking of something you said um when we were initially discussing Fulci and like and I think it came up in the House by the Cemetery conversation. Um but you were talking about how his zombies are just you really prefer his zombies as your favorite zombies. They're the gross like they're, they're they've got maggots in their eyes. They look dead. They look like he gets down yeah. the sense of decomposition. Um, and that's like this when you get, I mean, once again, we have Fritzi, our, our good boy Fritzi doing the music in here. So you get the top, like you get that beat. <laughs> and then you see just like, they're almost like mannequins, right? They're just dead. Yeah. Like the Romero zombies, they're blue. They're cartoon characters. They're Looney Tunes. Like all the way down to Survival of the Dead, they literally, it's it's cowboys versus cartoon zombies. And it, it's like yeah. full on Looney Tunes with sound effects and everything, um, which is great. But like this, it's there. These, this is what it looks like if a fucking corpse with no sense of self, no awareness, yeah. just the need to eat you because we are going to eat you is coming after you and it's just that like when they begin to arrive in the village and you just you just see one in the distance shambling through the street fucking scary oh they're so scary it's like they barely move uh these zombies make the romero zombies look like fucking 28 days later like (laughs) these are just barely moving they just kind of wobble back and forth their arms are hanging limply at their sides their eyes are almost always closed which i love Mm -hmm. and so they don't seem that threatening but then they get close and they grab you yeah real fast and it's so scary it's so scary those conquistadors you think they're just like what what's that guy gonna do except just like grunt at you and next thing you know he's ripping your neck out it's fucked up I always, because I always thought, and I guess I've I've forgotten about this. It's been so long since I've watched this movie, maybe as long as City of the Living Dead. Um, And I forgot how fucking creepy these goddamn zombies are. Like, I knew visually they're upsetting, but I always, there was a part of me, anytime I'd watch a Romero film or any other zombie film, I'm like, wouldn't it be interesting to see something actually move like it is dead? Yeah. But is somehow also reanimated. And I feel like this is maybe the closest I've seen to that. I think them having their eyes closed is so vital to it. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about the Romero zombies and they can... I mean, it's just a totally different vibe. Yeah. But they're, like, following you around and all. Like, these, you can't... You can't tell what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Romero zombies, too, there's, like, the eating, and there's the the zombies, like, are hungry and visibly so. These, they eat you, but they also just kind of mechanically eat. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like Romero. Romero zombies love a good feast, and they're gonna. They're like, "Oh, give me more sausages," and they're just like piling them in their face. And they'll fight over intestines. Yes, yeah. They they're they're self aware some on some level. They are aware of yeah. each other. They're aware spatially. They're they're phenomenologically <laughs> spatially oriented beings. These are not. It, yeah, the Romero ones make you feel like the person that they used to be is still in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And these feel like completely hollow shells. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, like there's nothing inside except for instincts. It's a dead fucking scary death mannequin. And it's going to get you. It's going to, we are going to eat you. We are going to eat you. The other tagline for this is mm. also, is, there's we are going to eat you. And then there's also... You are what they eat. <laughs> oh, isn't that clever? <laughs> isn't that clever? Oh, I like that. Because it's you are what you eat. Yeah, but see? Oh, I like that. I hope someone got a raise for that. People out there might know this movie, 1979. Yes. I know it as Zombie. I know it as Zombie 2. Anthony knows it as Zombie 2. I feel like the UK probably knows it as Zombie Flesh Eaters. Mm-hmm. Which, according to Just Watch, it's also credited as that. But you might also know it as Sangaya, or The Island of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Or Zombie, The Dead Walk Among Us. Uh-huh. Or Glee Ultimi Zombie. Or Voodoo. Or L'Enfer de Zombies. Okay, Henri, calm down. Or Zombie 2, The Dead Are Among Us. Man. Or Nightmare Island. Oh, I like Nightmare Island. That's cool. It is a Nightmare Island. It is. It's very upsetting. Yeah, because initially, um, and I think most of our listeners would know this, but initially Dawn of the Dead was released in Italy and recut by Argento as Zombie. So then... Fulci got signed up to make his own zombie film. Didn't know that this was actually going to be a sequel, presented or marketed as a sequel. Italian copyright law at the time, I don't know if it's still, but at the time, you could tack on a sequel number to anything, any movie title, and you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Which explains a lot. He was apparently upset over that. Um, Mm -hmm. Still made an incredible movie that I just, I love, and I love that it divert. It's like kind of, there's a, in in at least in title and franchise form with with following off dawn of the dead zombie or whatever that it's it it kind of follows that route but it's so divorced from it and goes in a completely different direction it's not like we do obviously have survivors but whereas the romero ones like to be an allegory for you know man's inhumanity to man and like who's really the monsters huh (laughs) is it the zombie or is it mr cooper who's a big jerk Mm -hmm. you know the survivors are fighting and blah 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 like we don't get any of that this is just the dead are coming back to life you are what they eat yeah and that's it and it just ticks all of my like like my biggest fears about zombies and everything like this is my zombie nightmare movie for sure tell me describe in in ad nauseum your biggest fears about zombies well i would say the big one is getting eaten but oh i guess there's that (laughs) (laughs) like it just what a horrible way to go right weren't weren't you like i feel like in the past you told me weren't you not you were allowed to watch anything but not zombie movies as a kid right yeah so did... Because my parents just thought they were too gross. Like, they told me about 
the time they went to see, I don't know if it was Dawn of the Dead at the theater. And my mom remembered some guy across, like there weren't a lot of people at the theater and there was some guy across the aisle, like eating his popcorn. And then the first like really gross thing that happened, he put his popcorn under his chair. (laughs) And that was the end of that. And so it's just like, so zombie movies have just been built up in my mind of like, oh my, he stopped eating his popcorn. Like how (laughs) gross was it? Yeah. I could watch slasher movies, monster movies, like whatever. They didn't really care. But zombie movies were completely off limits. And do you think that gave you like an extra sense of trepidation or fear about zombies? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like my bedroom was on the second floor. And I just like I used to like be in bed and be like, okay, I'm going to open the curtain and look at like at night. Look out, what if the backyard is full of zombies? Like, I was so afraid of zombies. (laughs) Well, thank God you're on the second floor. Right, exactly. Then you'd have, I would think similarly, I was obsessed with zombies when I was a teenager, uh, early teen, and then I would, like, try to plan out, like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to uh, barricade the stairs. I'm going to have to do all this stuff. I'm going to have to, like, crawl over the roof and get over to the next house (laughs) and, like, figure out how to get past them. I said, like, the the scariest scenes for me are, like, Night of the Living Dead, the original, when it's just, like, the yard is full of zombies. Yeah. Or this, like, the long shots of the streets of the village when there's just more and more of them all the time, and they're just there. Those street shots are the fucking best. Like, them saying... There's a part early on in this when Dr. Maynard's wife, when, when you know, she's being a bitch because she's, like, scared and wants to leave and this is all his fault. Uh, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I love her. Oh, my God. I'm like, Dr. Maynard, like, look at this wife you have at home, okay? Yeah, what the fuck? Dude, what are your priorities? And you're keeping her in a fucking hut? <laughs> yeah. She's, I'm sorry, she, I, not to be whatever, but. She's a stunning woman. Uh, um, she's hot, and she's smart, and she has an attitude. Exactly. What's not to love. So, so she's really scared because there's been talk of all of this stuff happening. And when, she, like, they're on an island, and she says, when will they reach this side? And I just, like, that just taps into everything. Just, like, knowing they're out there, knowing they're coming knowing they are eventually going to reach your side of the island and you are fucking stuck. It's just like, I get so scared. (laughs) (laughs) It's so scary to me. I love that. (laughs) And on top of like the scare factor of their coming, they're shambling. Look at how dead they are. Their eyes are closed. This movie is really disgusting in keeping with all Fulci fashion. It's a gross fucking movie. The zombies are gross. Like, I mean, you know, the issue of Fangoria uh, that has old Warm Eye on the cover. Mm-hmm. Like, like there was a big, I mean, I, you know, I had that issue as a kid. And like, so I knew of this movie way before I ever saw oh, it. Oh, yeah. For the longest time, I only knew this from that picture. And this was the one that I was the most scared to watch because of that. And that's why I like dared myself to buy the DVD when I finally could. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know when I finally saw it, but so many images were burned into my brain from that Fangoria because they just showed everything in the magazine. So it's like the zombie who has like the crossed eyes. Oh, yeah. I remember. 
I remember her because they had her picture in it. The dude from the boat at the beginning, they had his picture. In he's it. Like, cool. Oh, he's wicked cool. And so, like, when I finally saw the movie, I was like, oh, it's her. Oh, look, it's oh. Like, I just read. They were like superstar zombies, you know. All my friends I'm terrified of. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, but it just, like, it really trips the, I, I know I've said this ad nauseum on Final Girl, probably here, everywhere, on the street corners, uh, at the Seven Eleven. I just love a scene where the corpses are coming up out of the ground. Man, it's so cool. It's perfect, and this movie gives you the goods with that. It's so cool. Sometimes you get one. You get your creep show, and here comes Nathan Grantham. Right. You'll get one zombie coming out of the ground. Mm -hmm. This one, you get a whole cemetery full of conquistadores. Oh, yeah. Coming back. Hands poking out. They slowly rise and the dirt falls off. Oh, it's heaven. (laughs) That one rising up and then the, the like the tombstone cross like beginning to fall in as the as the ground is displaced. It's just so cool. Scientifically, I was always like, listen, a, a zombie coming out of the ground is so cool. But when in when that started to happen in zombie movies down the line, like, where it's infection-based, it doesn't really make mm. sense <laughs> that someone right. who is long dead is now becoming reanimated. In this film, it works because it's just all the dead is coming are, are coming back. Uh, Resident Evil 2, when all of a sudden the dead are popping out of a cemetery <laughs> that Alice is suddenly in, doesn't really make the most sense. Once again, who am I to apply science to a zombie film? But in here, it just it, it just works. And it's so wicked cool. When you get the zombie eye view of the one coming up out of the grave. Oh, with the, dirt the dirt falling off the limbs. Yeah. I, look, I know that our Fulci episodes are mostly us going, it's wicked cool. It's so cool. Or, oh, it's so it's gross. <laughs> Fulci, and this is just like 79 to 82 prime time baby. yeah doesn't get better it really doesn't this movie starts out with the you know it's iconic someone who's wrapped in some kind of a shroud gets shot right in the head and we get a close-up of it and it's gross and then dr maynard says the boat can leave now <laughs> tell the crew and you're like Oh my god, Dr. Markway? <laughs> Richard Johnson mm-hmm. from The Haunting. Mm-hmm. It's so, uh, it's weird to see him in color. It's so wild. And to think, too, that this is only, I mean, it's really not that far off. Yeah, it's just like a matter of years. Fi- 15? Yeah, about 15. Yeah, which is fucking wild. Yeah. Because it, it feels, it feels very removed from time, um, considered that's, a very different film and a very different classic different a different kind of classic film and in the black and white era so what's such a culture shock so a boat is found adrift in the east river new york and again it's like this movie just checks every box for me i love an adrift empty vessel but that's uh, yeah you do but that's also <laughs> like um that's also like that that's like the fulciing uh, that's like that's like dr freudstein or like uh like R- mary woodhouse how he works in all these classic horror things tropes mm-hmm. and bits uh flavors seasonings he works them all into his work to make give it that extra sense of horror cred underneath it 
Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, a, a boat adrift showing up, it's it's like it's Dracula, man. It's just so cool. Empty uh, water boat, an empty space boat. love it give it i mean like event horizon give me a ghost ship oh you don't get many of them in outer space but like any kind of ghost ship i am so super into it listen in space a derelict freighter is terrifying yeah it is well and that's the other thing is he is such a master at just starting the fucking movie (laughs) <laughs> yes start the movie yes. everything is happening right now it's in who needs setup i mean this might actually have the most setup of any of his films because it takes a while to get to the island yeah but even still like the, he might as well there might as well be somebody at the seance too right in the beginning with the person getting shot like it's just it's all happening i love it about him yeah he takes a while for our main characters to get to the island but yes. i do like that he intercuts their journey with the shit that is awaiting them. Like, yes. Like, you know that they are headed for doom. Which is great, because it sets up that sense of dread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this boat that is adrift, a sailboat, and the Coast Guard cops board it to find out what's up, and lo and behold, there's a zombie. Somebody gets chomped. <laughs> the zombie gets shot, falls in the water, uh, and this turns out the boat was owned by, uh, Tisa Farrow's father. Mm-hmm. She plays Anne, and she doesn't know what's up. Her father is missing. Uh, they find a, a reporter, Peter West, finds a letter from her father about how he went to the Antilles for whatever reason, and then he's sick, and he's not gonna leave, and he's stuck on the island of Matul. Uh, and so she and Peter end up heading for Matul to find her father. And they hook up with... Oh. <laughs> Are you having a moment? They hook up with, like, the the, the thruple I want to join. <laughs> <laughs> See, you weren't into him in Demonia. That's I the thing. Surprised. No, because you addressed him in Demonia, and I was busy talking about punk guy from Demons. Mm-hmm. that I didn't even think to recognize what a babe this man was. And in Demonia, I went back and looked, and he was a babe. But here's the thing, Stacy: I just did not remember Zombie very well, or I did not remember him in this uh, movie. And let me tell you, Sam Elliott, you've got to run for your money whoa, around these parts. Well, he's a cutie. I think one Al Cliver, a.k.a. his real name was like... Pierre Luigini or something. I was like, he might be the greatest babe of all time. Wow! For me. Well, well, well. Strawberry yeah, Blondie. Yeah. Strawberry Blondie Lumberjack with his boat and his hot wife. Yeah. <laughs> but I, so I, I did want to recognize that I did not go nuts over this man in the last film, but now I have come to see the light and um okay he is the most beautiful person i've ever seen in a movie (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they're just both such babes like this is the couple you want to stumble on when you're going on a vacation right (laughs) oh for sure they're cool they're just like doing a cruise vacation around the islands yeah she takes underwater photographs. She's like, she does scuba looks for days, like where she's just like, <laughs> I'm topless, but I'm wearing my scuba gear. It's a great look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I wonder if it chafes. It has to. So Peter and Anne finagle a ride from these two. They get on their boat. And I think the big lesson of this movie is probably, like, don't be nice to people. Yes. Because they shouldn't have given them that ride. Yeah, they didn't need to do that. They could have just continued to take nice, pretty pictures of sea life. So we uh, we get the cool, of course, the underwater shark versus zombie scene, which... Oh is one of the most iconic scenes in all of horror history. It is legitimately bonkers. <laughs> it really is. I like, what the fuck? I guess this was filmed without Fulci's knowledge. Did you read that? No, really? Jason yeah. was saying something about that, like it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. What do you know about? Was it like That's a... all I know. That's a, that's the only thing I've read about it. It's just that he didn't know it was going to be filmed and What? Did someone like AD just like go like, "Let's get underwater quick." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before Krakowski's back. The guy who plays the zombie is the trainer of that shark. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. It's if you haven't seen it, what a treat you have waiting for you. It's fucking bonkers like he would and he would have it makes perfect sense to me that that zombie would be the trainer because like he's like hanging off the shark's fence he's like mimicking biting the shark but he's just like it just looks like he's kissing his little shark buddy (laughs) which is really sweet (laughs) the shark is like get the fuck off of me eats his hand it is so nuts And and just the fact I feel I just can't imagine that poor shark trainer I mean granted he's a shark trainer so at least there's that but like he's down there with no scuba gear yeah just in zombie makeup just hanging out underwater with his shark pal yeah like susan is underwater taking pictures everything's all serene and cool the next thing you know there's a shark and she's like oh no so she goes to hide by like a little reef yeah and then she gets grabbed by a zombie yeah <laughs> like what the fuck? And then she uses a great like seaweed distraction. There was a boss move that she just like f- confuses him by smashing it in his eyes. Yeah, and she skedaddles, but then the shark and the zombie go at it. Yeah. And I guess they the trainer fed the shark before they shot, so it was nice and full, and they gave it a sedative. Okay. So that's why the shark just, like, floats around. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lick of fakery in this. Nope. It's like a dude, like you said, underwater with no gear fighting a shark. Yeah, and actually, it's it's amazing that it worked out as well as it did. I mean, it's amazing nobody got hurt. But, like, even the camera work is gorgeous in that sequence. Like, there's a moment when the shark is coming directly at the zombie and the shark kind of dips and adjusts its trajectory a tiny bit and the camera sort of moves with it and i'm just like this feels choreographed but it's i don't think it could have been i don't know how sharks respond to training so yeah it's absolutely (laughs) nuts it's wild it deserves the reputation that it has yeah i i because it seems like you know it's, it's like a water slide at a theme park like have you gone and done the water slide but in, yeah. but it and it's so it's like a it's a schlocky attribute of this film. But also it's like you see it and you're like, I mean, it's kind of brilliant. It's totally nuts. And this day and age, it would be all CGI, and you would know it's CGI, and you would shrug. Yeah, yeah. Andy Circus is the shark. <laughs> yeah. 
The shark will be played by Adobe <laughs> After Effects. Yeah, it's Kate Winslet in Avatar 2 underwater <laughs> as a shark. <laughs> So you have that. They're appro- so they're still on their way to the island. Matul is not on any charts. Like who knows what's up with Matul? Well, we know what's up with Matul. Uh, Doctor Maynard, everybody's dying. All the natives are dying. People are dying. They're all sick and infected. And rumor has it that the dead are walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that this one starts as a sickness. Yeah, with it, like it's a different kind of infection. Like usually, when we see people getting sick, it's like they get bitten, and then it's like, Ugh, <laughs> I'm sick, I'm dying. But this one, it's like I don't know. Maybe it's a little too close to home right now. But people are like in hospital beds, visibly ill. There's like uh, the boils in the puke mouth. Yeah, and then they die, and then they come back. Yeah. Is it voodoo? Who knows. That's what's what it's attributed to often by right. Dr. Menard. And then there's there's that music. There's the, the kind of sort of tribal drum beats that are constantly mm-hmm. being heard throughout the island, which is a great atmosphere. It's interesting that there's like a whole other half of the island that we never see, mm-hmm. which is where it's they're saying it's coming from. Maynard's assistant Lucas is like, look, people on the other side of the island are fleeing because the dead is coming back. Are coming back. Mm-hmm. It's a witch doctor. They're trying voodoo to stop it. Uh, and Maynard is like, oh no, it's superstition. And I just love when Lucas says, oh yes, doctor, you know many more things than Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like these the two halves of like the science. Like Maynard won't believe that it's voodoo. And then the native population, which are the ones really feeling the effect of this, are just like, okay, white doctor man, you must know best. See, that isn't there something more for a Fulci film? I felt like there was something more operating underneath it. And I don't know how much of it was intentional. Mm -hmm. But it feels like there is a lot happening in this film about uh, tourism, colonization, uh, Western medicine versus like indigenous or native culture. Um, and I mean, I feel like that all like all comes packaged and wrapped up all the way down to the conquistadors rising up mm-hmm. and a lot of the zombie, like very few of, for, for an Island that's primarily inhabited by like, you know, black people. Uh, it feels like there aren't very many black zombies. Most of them are more white mm-hmm. and I don't think that's just makeup. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like there was something and I don't know exactly cause I don't know how much of, I don't think Fulci is that socio-politically thoughtful. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But it really feels like it's built into this film that there's something trying to operate or poke through underneath there about um, about that, yeah, not listening to the natives. And, and even it seems like, what happened in that initial scene between Maynard and his wife? When she says, apart from a handful of superstitious natives, I'm the only one who knows what you're doing. Yeah, like, she makes it sound like the blame is actually on him mm-hmm. and, like, his experiments or something that he was doing with the natives in his in his medical camp. She makes it sound like he is responsible and that he, his way of trying to back out of that and not claim any responsibility is blaming it on the voodoo and the superstition. But meanwhile, we hear from Lucas, who's saying they're trying to use voodoo to stop this. Yeah. But then we hear from Maynard when uh, Anne and Peter and Brian and Susan arrive. 
And he tells them that, oh, the the natives are saying that a witch doctor did this. Mm-hmm. Like, he just plays into, like, oh, they're going to be fearful of the native population. Yeah, and then you get you get another scene a little bit down the way where the four of them, the, you know, Tiza and, and uh, West and the, the two, the babe dreamboat couple, they're, like, trying to make it back through the jungle and they hear the drum beating and they're, like, screaming, like, they're doing this to us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's these tourists who don't know where they are who are terrified and immediately result to blaming the natives because of what they've heard and not right. understanding this religion or these customs. It's really, it was real. I thought there was actually, like, some richness to it, which was really unexpected. <laughs> it's interesting because we don't know what Maynard's original purpose was. Mm -hmm. Like, all we hear is that no one goes to Matul because Matul is is cursed. That's what we hear from, you know, no one wants to, the taxi driver's like, oh, you don't want to go to Matul. Like, no one wants to go to Matul. And then we have Maynard there. And we have this zombie breakout. So it's like, did he go as like a Doctors Without Borders kind Mm -hmm. of thing? He doesn't, I mean, he talks shit about religion enough that he doesn't seem like a missionary or something. But it's like, what was his original purpose? What was he doing there? Because, yeah. like, why would the native population do this to themselves? That That's the thing. It's like, it wouldn't make any sense to use their own religion to hurt their entire island to the point that they're terrified and fleeing. All their boats are destroyed. Like, it doesn't, that doesn't track. So we like we have two conflicting stories. Yeah. So I get, and then in the end, I guess it's like up to us what we want to believe mm-hmm. because we don't really get we don't get any answers. Which I like. Oh yeah, for sure. Because they ask like they ask Maynard like what is going on, and he's like I don't know. Three months ago, people started getting sick. Mm-hmm. And they say that it's the voodoo, but I don't believe that, and I'm I think this is natural, and I'm going to find out what it is. Is it just neither side caused this, and it is natural, it is some kind of a virus, and we have science and religion battling it out to try to fix it? Yeah, yeah, Western Western culture versus, like, this native culture, and mm-hmm. just this, in, this cultural disconnect and inability to communicate or collaborate. And then it doesn't matter, because then we're all fucked. Yeah, and then I mean, you know, the pandemic spreads regardless. <laughs> right, yeah. It's... Oh, man, what a chi- the The ending is so chilling. Uh, if by chilling you mean wicked, badass, bitch, and cool. That's <laughs> so scary. That's really scary. You know, things really fall apart quickly, of course. There's, you know, the siege scene by the end of it at the hospital where shit just all goes to hell. The zombies are there. Uh, Susan gets killed in the Conquistador Cemetery. Um, the rest of them are going to try to escape. Brian is confronted with Susan as a zombie, and he gets bitten. Oh, (laughs) Anthony cries. I cried. (laughs) Uh, Anne and Peter and Brian escape to the boat, and they're going to slowly chug away because the boat is in bad shape. Brian is dying, clearly, and Peter's like, he's the only proof we have to bring back to to the West. Like, no one's going to believe us. We have to have him. I will lock him in the bilge. It'll be fine. And so they lock him in the bilge. And then they turn on the radio, and New York City has already fallen to the zombies. And Brian is rattling the door on the boat. Yeah. As the zombies slowly shuffle over the Brooklyn Bridge. That shot of them on the Brooklyn Bridge is 
there's so much iconic um, stuff in this film. And that is just one of the many iconic moments in this film. So it's, again, another classic Fulci Downer ending. Yeah. It's over. You think you're getting away. You're fucked. Where do they go? Where do they go? Do they go back to Matul? Yeah. Do they go try to find a different island, perhaps? It's like the end of Pulse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. on a boat. You're on a boat, and the world has fallen to shit. Where do you go? Yeah, and pretty much wherever you go, you know this is going to spread, because you've seen mm-hmm. how unstoppable it is. Because no one's wearing a mask. Yup. <laughs> yeah, because there's Americans that are like, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> want the... Oh, my God. If I want to get bit, who are you to tell exactly. me I can't get bit? Exactly. <laughs> I got too mad that I couldn't even try to improvise, so thank <laughs> yeah. you for knowing exactly but that's what would happen right oh for sure we've proven that like it would just like the world would fall so quickly yeah yeah and any zombie movie where there's the 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 bonkers dad that has his family chained up in the basement he's gonna feed you to (laughs) them that would happen oh for (laughs) sure that guy's real he has a Mm -hmm. he has a a a t-shirt and a hat and he goes on protests in front of stacy's house (laughs) yeah yeah. So the eye scene where Maynard's wife is still so oh that poor woman. She does not deserve it. She really does. She's too beautiful to die that way. I have like I have eye stuff. So like it and I I think it didn't help that like you know I I was exposed to a lot of Stephen King as a kid and in in every Stephen King thing there's like eye jelly or something happening to eyes and so I was very upset, and then when I watched this with friends, when I when I finally bought the DVD, and I said, "Okay, we're all gonna get together and watch this. Thing. It's gonna be cool." And then the eye scene happened, and everyone was staring at me, and I threw up. And <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this is so upsetting. It's, it's so slow. It's so slow and excruciating, and you know what's gonna happen. She had also. I mean, we've said before this. Olga Kalados, this actress, she is fucking gorgeous. Her eyes are so beautiful and full of color. Like, she has, like, hazel, orange, green, red, brown eyes (laughs) that are just beautiful. And just watching it get closer and closer. Like, what a horrible, horrible... Like, every zombie death is horrible in every zombie movie like i just think it's got to be the worst way to die but man she it's such an excruciatingly long sequence and she has so much time to know that this is coming and then the thing through her eye doesn't even kill her no and that's why i have to call bullshit because what happens to her husband he gets his cheek bit and then he instantly is dead. (laughs) This poor queen gets slow. Like she fights, she fends them off, battles them through the door with the cool, gross, gnarly zombie hand makeup. She battles that zombie. It breaks the door. She's blocking the door. It pulls her eye closer and closer into the shard. The shard breaks off in her eye. She gets pulled through and eaten. And she's still alive. Her husband, I mean, this is a testament to her survivability. True. She lives through all of that and suffers. He gets his cheek bit and immediately he falls over dead. Yeah, he's like, oh! <laughs> yeah. 
Like, okay, dude. Come, yeah. come on, man. And then the zombies have a wife buffet. Thank like, you. she, unfortunately, I guess people, see, I watch this movie, and I'm like, this beautiful woman has such a good point <laughs> in all of this. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's scared and wants to leave, and her husband is keeping her there, et cetera, et cetera. I think people see this, and they're like, She's such a bitch. Why is she yelling at her husband? And so she is the one who is subjected to the feast scene, which is usually reserved for the worst character. The one you, like, it's Captain Rhodes in Day of the Dead. Yeah. The one you really want to see get what's coming to him. Mm-hmm. Here it's wifey. Then again, she's, like, the only character who is kind of isolated, and so it's that much more of a shock when... The foursomes and moresomes show up, and they open the door, and there she is, splayed out, getting feasted upon. Yeah, and they find her like that when they think they're just going to go give her some company because she's been alone for too long. They loved eating her. They did. Even her, that, oh, that effect, all those effects, oh, they're so gross. And I'm like, I always want to know what they're eating. And then, (laughs) and her, when her hand is just, like, her severed hand is just laying there, and you see the zombie just, like, picks meat out from inside her wrist like she's like she's a crab and they're just like pulling out the meat (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so So gross gross. (laughs) once again uh props to homeboy fulci there are some amazingly cute animals in this movie who are not subjected to anything and i'm just so happy there are extraordinary donkeys in this and goats and street dogs and a very flamboyant crab actor who does a great crab walk. (laughs) And I'm like, he knew what was scary and he knew torturing animals on camera was not scary. That was just upsetting and sad. And props to Fulci for giving himself another cameo. Oh, who I didn't notice him this time around. He was Peter's newspaper editor. Oh, yeah. I love him. I love that he put himself in all his movies. I know. He's like a little Hitchcock, huh? Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. Maybe you haven't seen this movie? Boy, what a treat you have if you like gross stuff and you like zombies. For real. It's so upsetting. It feels, they actually feel like what zombies might be like, I think. And that's what's most upsetting. Once again, the score is amazing with Fritzi. I I recommend, I watched the Blue Underground, like, restored Blu-ray of this, which was beautiful. Mm. Um... But I would also like to share that the Blue Underground uh, Blu-ray box set or whatever also comes with a soundtrack CD. Mm. And so you can get all the songs and put them on your computer like I did. And then after I was, as I was uploading the songs, I looked and whoever at Blue Underground like encoded the tracks or whatever. (laughs) It says main title. The next track is help my butt. The next trap is oh no, my butt. The next one is my butt hurts, and then a zombie ate my butt, bloody butt, your butt must hurt, and then zombie butt muncher. <laughs> what? So somebody at Blue Underground had a field day naming those tracks for this sound. It's the actual soundtrack. They just changed all the names. What the fuck? Yeah, to help my butt and, and butt jokes. Huh. So that's hilarious to me. Great soundtrack. It is a great soundtrack. It's one of my faves from him. Yeah. I mean, they're all my fave from him, but... The zombie main theme is lit. Yeah. Oh, and then anytime you get that like tropical score, it's just like. Yeah. 
Oh, I dig it so hard. For so sure. I, don't, I mean, I feel like, yeah, we did a whole Fulci month, and I'm not saying we're going to do more Fulci's, but there is still a substantial list of Fulci films that I haven't seen that I want to see. And some that I have seen that I don't think Anthony has seen, but, like, The Psychic. I haven't seen that. I love A Psychic. I'm super into The Psychic. The fashions in that movie. Fashions? Listen, Jennifer O'Neill changes her outfit literally in every scene. Oh. It's so good. Oh. I gotta see it. I want to see Enigma. Enigma. Murder Rock. Mm-hmm. Manhattan Baby I've never seen. I think both of us, we had a whole conversation about whether or not we should ever do New York Ripper, which both of us own, but we're both too scared to watch. Yeah, I just feel like it's going to be super misogynist and It is awful, and I don't know... It's like it's just one of those movies I feel like I have to be in the absolute right mind space for it. And it's like, when are you ever going to be in the right mind space for that? I'm telling you, we just, we get drunk, we make some eggs, and we <laughs> yeah. put on the New York Ripper. Yeah, people love the New York Ripper. Like, rational people love the New York Ripper. Listeners, knowing what you know, we tried, we looked up every review, we looked up, like, content, we like, knowing what you know about us, would we like the New York Ripper? Right. Is it just misogyny? Is it like, because, and I, I, I understand, like, we frequently have the takes of like, well, this could be misogynist, but is it also just about misogyny? But I just feel like, can I have, like, I get that in the brood that could just be misogynist, or is it about misogyny? Versus, but then in like something like the New York Ripper, you have to deal with like women dying in really horrible, explicit, graphic ways. Yeah, like that getting are really... nipples cut off. And... Yeah, and I'm so yeah. I'm just like I don't know that I need to sit through all of that to learn that lesson. Like, and I'm trying to tell myself like, well, Grandpa Fulci wouldn't do that to me. First off, because he <laughs> Grandpa Fulci is like Denise Richards. He loves animals and all of God's creatures, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, he just hates all human beings. Right. But, like, what is, is that, is that movie, like, was that him just trying to do the Argento thing for one film and trying to be, like, the gross, nasty, like, like make his maniac? Like, is that him doing that? Right. And See, I like actually... Maniac. I, I think Maniac is terrific. And that's got a huge reputation as being awful and brutal and misogynist. And sure, it's got the violence, but I don't know. I really like Maniac. So, so listeners, take all of this that we're saying right now into account and please let us know how you think we feel about New York Ripper and if we should watch it because we're really scared too. Right. Because if the big lesson of it is just like, men hate women. It's like, first of all, I already know that. Second of yeah. all, like, I don't need to see women die horribly just to be told that. So Yeah. Would we get something out of it besides that? Right. Is right. it right. worth right. a watch if you love Fulci? And women. <laughs> and women. If if you if you're yeah if you're a Fulci queen would you like New York Ripper? Well, Stacy, we've covered a lot of ground today. We really have. Now it's time but... to rise up out of it, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. A conquistador, your way up and onto the chopping block, perhaps. I am going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> It would be better if they said that. 
<laughs> right? Like, All that realism of the undead. Yeah. I'm going to eat you. Like they could be outside the door. each zombie says that each time (laughs) yeah think about all the shots of like ooh there's a I see a zombie through the crack in the door what if he's like (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm calling for the ponder cut (laughs) zombie 2 immediately here I come I love this zombie. <laughs> Good eat. It's just so jovial about eating yeah. people. That's how they disarm you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, oh, charming, but yeah. spooky. And then you're like, oh fuck, he meant it. Oh no, my eye. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. <laughs> he really is eating me. <laughs> He's eating me. He's eating her. He's gonna eat me! Oh my god! But what a, a nice zombie giving warning. Anyway, sure, chopping block. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, chopping a malaka! Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's a game. Yeah. I love um, it when you tell what it is. Oh, did you want me to tell? I, I would, would love to tell. I would love that. Well, then I I will let everyone know that the chopping block here on Gaylords of Darkness is our question and answer game show. Uh, we come to each other prepared with three categories ready to go to quiz each other. We choose one of the categories... We have five questions that we have 10 seconds each to answer. Yes or no? Well, no. Right or wrong? Well, we, it, you answer the question. You have 10 seconds. Uh, if you call out, I want the wig, then Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2 descends upon your head. It confuses our non-binary executioner, the heads they, and affords you or me or Stacy an extra 10 seconds to answer the question. Um... If you get any question wrong, you are dead. That's it. You're over. You're, you've you've obliterated existence. You are you are off into the void. Um, but if you get any, if you get all of them right, then uh, um, good for you. Congratulations. You've won. Yeah. That's. The oh, I was congratulating point. you for telling him the rules. Oh, I kind of, I kind of did it that time. Stacy, now. There was some hubbub last week. There was. And I would let you know, we, you know, we ended on a cliffhanger. Did Stacy win the <laughs> wig of the dead or not? And I'm going to tell you, I had multiple, it was wig court over here in these parts. And I had multiple counselors submitting evidence, uh, bringing it to the stand and etc. And... What I'm trying to say is people were messaging me and they were saying, Stacy did get it in time. And then a, a, a friend of mine actually sent me two different audio clips. One was you getting it right in before the chop happened. You said Night of the Living Dead remake. And then they supplied me with another one where you introduced like the very first of these kinds of categories. 
Um, oh my god! What is where this? They the said, fucking Zapruder tape? Like- it was the Zapruder tape. They they enhanced and printed it, and they said they said, however, and then they played an audio clip of you setting up the initial category. Like I think it was Eyes of or something. And you were saying, however, you cannot name sequels or remakes. So they said, your call, Anthony. And I was like, oh. And here's the thing. I never said that you couldn't name sequels or remakes. You got it in under time. So, Stacy, you have a wig of the dead today. It's tainted. It's a gutter what? wig. What? Yeah! Of course it's a gutter wig. It's the wig <laughs> of the dead. It came off a dead person. I know. Rather win it fair and square. I'm not here for this. Is that really Bigfoot? Let's watch the Peterson film 50 times from 20 <laughs> angles to find out. But like, you did get it in time. That's a, it's knowing is enough for me. I didn't hear until later when we when it was replayed back. I said replay the tapes. <laughs> back into the left. Back, back into, into the, the left. left. <laughs> We seem to ch- when it's the name five. Now, the last time you gave me a name five, you said sequels are fine. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think that rule changes depending on the person. It does. It does. Sometimes and they're fine. fine, and sometimes they're not. I would also like to say that the of the like name horror movies that have of the in the title. This is the problem with the chopping block. Is that. The clock starts and my brain seizes up. I get performance oh. anxiety, okay? Yeah. Because that night when it was over, like as soon as we were done recording, I was like, mmm, din din time. And while I'm cooking dinner, I was like, <laughs> my brain opened up. I relaxed. And it was like all these others came flooding out. And I was like, you fucking moron. Yeah, you went clear in that way. I went clear. You idiot! And then I said, no dinner! You don't deserve it! <laughs> you could literally just name the filmography of George Romero. Right, yeah, yeah. But but in the moment, it's Once like... Once you, like, name, like, you get on a little roll, and then I get stuck every yeah. time. It's, it's just the chopping block itself. Yeah, your brain will get hung up on, you. you just only can think of one thing that you already said. And you won't hear, you are not, there are no neural pathways to anything else. Exactly. This is why people don't understand how hard this game actually is in the moment. Yeah. So when people are yelling at their iPods, (laughs) you dumb fuck. (laughs) Just say House of the Dead, you stupid curve. Like... Which was, this was not you making your dinner, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> like, you know, look, it's just the way of the block, okay? It's the way of the block. So. It's true. Yeah. Well, but as I said, I did not, I did not create a requirement that you couldn't name remakes or sequels. I was accepting them. But so, naming the remake is so gross anyway. Like, it still felt cheap even at the time. Do you reject the wig of the dead? I reject the wig of the dead. Oh! Save it for another time. Okay, we'll make her available for another category down the line. I just, I felt cheap. I felt like it was, I had a nice bag and cheap shoes. (laughs) 
you know. Like a rube. <laughs> like a rube. A well-dressed, hustling little rube. Well, uh, I don't know who went first. I have decided, apparently, that I'm never going to remember that ever again. It seems to me like I did something first last time, so I think you should ask this time. I will ask you first, and I will ask you questions from one of three new categories. Hot damn! Can you believe it? Someone was busy when she wasn't ruminating on potatoes. And being sad, she doesn't know everything. Uh, I thought of three new categories. There you go. Okay, so category one is I see wall people. And this category is obviously all about movies that feature wall people. Oh. I describe the movie. You tell me the name of the movie. Oh. Category two <laughs> is. Oh, oh no. Is Oh Ani. Hold Me Like You Did by the Lake on Naboo. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> You know I've been in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. And so in this one, you have 50 seconds, 60 if you ask for a wig, to name five horror movies that have the word lake in the title. Fuck. That's right. And the third category is Continental Breakfast of Blood and Guts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all about European zombie movies. Oh. I give you the title of a European zombie movie. You tell me the European country from which it hails. So, your categories are... I see wall people. (laughs) Oh, honey. Hold me like you did by the lake on Naboo. (laughs) And continental breakfast of blood and guts. Oh, these are fantastic categories. Ah, um, <laughs> oh, fuck. I want to do all of them. I really want to go for Lake, but I'm, I just know my brain is not there. I, I, you know, um, I have a very soft spot in my brain, apparently. My heart for wall people. Mm, so okay. I think, hit me up with those wall people, please. I think you'll probably get all of these. You're a wall person aficionado. <laughs> oh, God. I see wall people. Question one. Scott Jacoby stars in this 1974 made-for-TV classic about a family who moves into a new house unaware there's a killer teenager living in a secret room. (laughs) Wait, what? Oh, 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 no, we just talked. Oh, uh, Dan, Dan, uh, uh, bad, um, bad, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, 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 I want the wig. Um, It's way too late for the wig, my friend. No, I'm dead. You're super dead. No. (laughs) It was, it's bad, um, Craig. (laughs) Bad Ronald. Bad Ronald. God damn it. Bad Ronald. I kept thinking bad Daniel or bad Jacob, and I'm like, that's no, it's Scott Jacoby. <laughs> Wait, I'm dead? <laughs> no! You're very, very dead. God Maybe. damn it! 
I would say perhaps you will come back to life, but you don't have a head, so I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the three new categories that, sure. were all, that were all very well done. That was an incredible 11 seconds. God damn it! <laughs> Why did I ask for the wig at the end? I don't know. God damn it. <laughs> you made all those questions. You made 15 new questions. 10. 10. And a category. I don't yeah. feel as bad. I do. God damn it. You said I was a wall aficionado. And the second you said that, I was like, yeah, watch all my wall cred go out the window. It did. And look, it's it's flittering away in the wind it, it left the crawl space and went right out the window it's gone <laughs> and i'm stuck in the walls trying to scream at anyone outside of the driveway yeah. and they don't hear me oh well, well don't need to play the tape back on that one do we oh because it's so obvious that i died a horrible death <laughs> Thank I you. shouldn't get cocky because I know Thank my head's about reminder. to get jumped off. <laughs> no, I think I think you you could win any or and all of these, perhaps. Right. Okay, we have two new categories for you today, Stacy. Right. One returning category. Your returning category is going on a elemental journey. Oh. That's not the that's not the medley of that song, <laughs> but. Uh, your returning category is going on a elemental journey in which I read a quote or dialogue exchange from a movie featuring a gate or portal to hell. Oh boy. Usually the dialogue pertains to said gate or portal to hell and then you name the movie. That sounds okay. fun. Okay. Okay. Your uh, first new category is we are going to eat you oh, in no. which I tell you a tagline for a zombie film. You tell me the zombie film. That's it. It's just name that tagline. And your second new category is Battle of the Network Zombies. Uh, in which th- there's no network zombies battling, actually. But I present in a versus. I present two iconic zombies to you. And you tell me which one appeared on film first. Oh, dear. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. Uh, they're usually from different films, but you tell me which one uh, entered the zeitgeist first. Oh, so, dude. Your categories are going on a elemental journey, we are going to eat you, or battle of the network zombies. <clears throat> the dialogue entices me. Are you going to oh. act it out? Um, Of the parts I remember... <laughs> oh gosh oh no i don't feel good okay yeah sure i'll do that one elemental journey really days. going on the elemental journey yeah i wanted to do it last time but then you had to go for that but wig then no dead. that a wig tantalized me and we all see what happened there <laughs> it's like the it's like the dangling the hot dog on a fishing line but it's a wig <laughs> for it's you. a wig and i'm like ooh, ooh. how do we get stacy over here put a wig on some fishing line <laughs> Oh, pathetic. It really is your aesthetic. I kind of love that. Yeah. <laughs> a <little> wig. <laughs> Flapping in the wind. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am ready. I'm I will gonna read you fail. the dialogue. <clears throat> this is, I'm, I know I'm not going to win, but that's okay. No, I will have fun. The journey is the destination. 
Yeah, to hell. Great. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, I guess number one, as it were, because this is not a question. Find the well. It's the passage to hell. Cover it. Is that Amityville 3? That is Amityville! (laughs) Congratulations! Actually, it's the Amityville horror. So do you win? No, I die. You're dead. (laughs) 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 Fucking shit, man! (laughs) I wanted you to win! Whoa, we are. This is so sad. Oh, a stunning showing today, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Did that really happen? Did I even go? I know later tonight I'm going to be like, did I even get a turn on the chomping block? Did we skip me? <laughs> the one and done is really incredible. One and done right? is brutal. Because it's just like, whoop. Bye, bitch. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> that's, that's it, right? Oh, this is pathetic. This, this. See, this is the thing. There's always a chance for a new low, right? There's always a chance for a new low, and I think this is a new low. Yeah, yes it is. The zombies are like, when we were going to eat you. <laughs> they don't want this brain <laughs> Yeah, but now they're like, no thanks. Yeah, there's worms in that brain. <laughs> yeah, fucking old. Well, okay. <laughs> well, but that was such as the joy and mystery of the chopping block. It took longer to describe the game than it did for both of us to play it. <laughs> yeah, it took. I think you were on three seconds, <laughs> and I made it to eleven, even though I was dead at ten. <laughs> Well, we had 14 well, seconds of gameplay today. This is embarrassing, actually. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm at a loss. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed right the now. The shame. It's the shame. I feel shame. I feel shame. Okay. At least I didn't. That was an older category. You made new ones for me, and I, I, I brought shame on your house. And mine. Uh, I would say, like, oh, maybe next week. But no, let's be real. Uh, I mean, we'll be back next week. Yeah. My God. This is depressing. Uh, okay. Gaylordsofdarkness.com. Mm-hmm. Has links to all our stuff. All of it. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.